In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. The nail that stands up gets hammered down. That's what the principal of the primary school that I taught in for two years told me in Armenia. And he shared this insightful proverb to explain why it was that my new students gasped when I went up to the board and wrote with my left hand. And why I was the only person in a 300-person school who was left-handed. Because the nail that stands up gets hammered down. Nonconformity was not a value in Soviet Armenia. It is now, but it wasn't then. And indeed, in many authoritarian countries today, especially in matters of politics, uh, nonconformity can cost you your life. And those of us who are citizens of more tolerant countries, we have it easier. Yet if we scratch the surface of this free country, how many people are brave enough to take a stand in the face of real power and real pressure? How many people have the conviction to be the one vote out of 100 going against your party, your tribe, your people, and face the consequences of ridicule and rejection and perhaps loss of livelihood? Well, probably not many, because whether in politics or in business or even in church, thinking out of the box and disrupting the status quo always comes with a cost. But yet, those nonconformists who go their own way in the face of great resistance are among the people we admire the most. Alexander Solzhenitsyn, Martin Luther King, or on a different level, even Steve Jobs and Elon Musk. They have one characteristic in common. They stick to their vision and their convictions against the rules and the norms of their time. And now where do these rare individuals get the courage not to back down in the face of incredible resistance? Well, the authors of the book called Rare Breeds, which is a study of nonconformists, say that their strength comes from a personal narrative which is stronger than fear of ridicule or rejection. Somehow these rare breeds have a stunningly clear sense of how their story needs to play out and they refuse to accept being a minor character in a story written by someone else. So where can one find a personal narrative, a calling for their life that is stronger than any resistance the world has to offer? Well, of course, you've come to the right place here in church. Because just look at today's readings, and for this whole month for that matter, and you will find a most powerful message of Christian freedom and calling. First, look at Paul's letter to the Galatians today, and he says that when we're young in the world, we're enslaved to the powers of the world. But with the coming of Christ into history, into our lives, every one of us who believes is freed from this enslavement to the ways of the world and called to be a son of God. No longer a slave, but a child. And if a child, then also an heir through God. 
So do you want to be truly free? Free to become your best self, to do what is true, what is good, and what is beautiful. Paul says that the only true road to freedom is to recognize who made you and the Savior who reforms you to be your greatest potential. Remember that rare breeds are these special people who refuse to be a minor character in a story written by someone else. Paul says that we're all minor characters in a tragic story until that time when his story, God's story, becomes our own and we recover our role as sons and daughters of the Most High. If Paul's words and his utterly non-conformist life are not enough to convince you of the power of Christian freedom, let's go back to the source. Today's Gospel reading recalls Jesus' first sermon ever at the very start of his ministry, where he gives a striking restatement of the prophets of old, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, says Jesus, because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. We're all slaves to the status quo of a wicked world, but here is a daring invitation that God alone can set us free But Jesus, who is himself the definition of a rare breed, does not stop there, with all eyes glued on him that day. In the ultimate act of of monotheistic nonconformity, Jesus adds, today these scriptures have been fulfilled in your hearing. And so in one sentence, the the religious status quo of Jesus' day is shattered. God's love is not in your past. In your scrolls, in your rituals, says Jesus, it's here and now in your midst. God's love is not only from heaven, but it's here on earth. God is not just a distant father, he is a son, and you are my brothers and sisters. So Jesus, like no other man, knew his personal narrative, where he was from and what he was called to be. And he would need to, of course, because his listeners that very day are already provoked and they asked, who is this man? Isn't this Joseph's son? Sensing their resistance, Jesus does the exact opposite of what I would do. He doesn't appease the crowd, but he doubles down on disrupting their self-satisfied faith. So much so that by the end of his sermon, they throw him out of church, They chase them out of town to the edge of a cliff before he somehow escapes from their grasp. What a debut our great rabbi had. And of course we know that Jesus would in no way back down from his otherworldly nonconformity, paying the price of ridicule and rejection and the ultimate price of the cross. The nail that stands up is hammered down, became literally true for our Lord as he bore the nails of the cross. But that price of nonconformity to a sinful and broken world was a price that Jesus was willing to pay because of the glory and the freedom it purchased for him and for people of all times. And in following Jesus, we too are called to 
We too are called to pay the price of nonconformity to the world, to conform to something that's much greater indeed. For as St. Paul famously writes in his letter to the Romans, with which I will conclude, Paul says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you might discern what is the will of God, what is good, what is acceptable, and what is perfect. May we always be such nonconformists, confident in the story of where we've come from and to whom we belong, now and always, and unto the ages of ages. Amen.